sometimes doomsday is Tuesday, you know, (laughs) like their life was falling apart in that moment. And uh, it was cool to be able to slide in and, and have the solution. In 2015, I went to a prepper conference at the Gwinnett County Fairgrounds in Georgia. It's quite an experience. They had guns, knives, garden towers, camo pants, and a lot of really, really cool stuff. But more than anything else, they had a building full of people who knew how to take care of themselves, who in an instant, if the stuff hit the fan, they were ready to go. These were the people that you'd want to be around when that happened. And what I learned at that prepper conference I learned that prepping is not just an act of buying MREs or weapons. It's a a mindset, set of skills and attitude, and that prepping is a valuable skill in any aspect in life. And especially right now, joining us today is the guy who took me to that prepper conference. He's joining us from his shipping container, just outside his shipping container in the Tennessee mountains to talk his philosophy on prepping, some of the stuff he has done, some of the things we can do. Prepper Bob. Took me to my first prepper conference. He's been a prepper since I've known him. Thank you for being here, Bob. You're listening to the Propaganda Report with Brad Binkley, Monica Perez here with me. Bob, thanks for joining us. First of all, how are you doing? You look like you're you look like you're out in the woods right now. Yeah, I'm living the dream. I'm dirty. That's great. (laughs) I was going to say that, you know, the prepper show that I took you to, it was uh, in case anybody got really weird. I could say, hey, let me let you talk to my friend Brad for a second. That's why he brought me. Is yeah, (laughs) that is actually why he brought me. Is to pawn me. He told me this. He brought me because he knew I talked about conspiracy theories all the time, and he thought there might be people that came up. He had garden towers, I believe, that you were tower garden there. The tower yeah. garden. Yeah. So he and was throwing you to the dogs so that he yeah. would have time to run. I was the appeal to the really wild conspiracy theorists so they could relate and maybe, you know, take a, a garden tower, tower garden off of off of Bob's hands. And it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Bob, we talked last night. You gave me some ideas about your thoughts on prepping and. I, I, what is your philosophy on prepping? What does prepping mean to you? I know there's a lot of confusion. Sometimes people think of prepper, they think of a crazy wild person who is just stocking their house full of guns and MREs all the time. But it's a lot more than that. Yeah. Like you said earlier, I think it is a, a mindset. You know, for me, prepping is number one, I, I enjoy it. And so, you know, everything that I've invested money in that I haven't enjoyed, I've lost all my money. And didn't enjoy it. So uh, if I lose a bunch of money, you know, prepping, it doesn't matter because I, I would have enjoyed it in the first place. But uh, no, I think my thing is about prepping to be happy, prepping to have joy and be a good person no matter what the circumstances are. You know, that's, that's got to be the thing because if you're prepping out of fear, I don't think it's going to be very much fun. And uh, so you're not you know, waiting my friend, for something uh, to happen. Like you're not, you don't think it's all just going to blow up right now. No, I mean, I think it could. And that's the thing. It absolutely could. I mean, I'm not saying that it will, but it always could. No matter what, yeah. it always could. The, the one drawback, this uh, comedian friend named Sean Patton, he made this joke. He said, if you prep for too long, don't you kind of you know, want something to happen? <laughs> you want to use all your stuff before it expires? Yeah. And so that's funny. That's funny. And so you have to be careful because as you're you know, contemplating all these things, you could go to a dark place. And, you know, if everybody was in a dark place, why would you want to save that place? So I think it's all about prepping for, well, you know, like I said to you last night, I think the, uh, I think the orders are, it has to be, God has to be first and not just a random God, like the God, you know, and then 
so God needs to be first in your life. Then it's got to be your family. And then would be your community and by a larger extent, the country. Because if we have a country full of people who don't put God and their family first, again, what are we, what are we, what are we saving? You know? So You're I saving think that's the community, the, uh, right? In, in that way. Right. You, yeah. The community is built of, of families and hopefully mm-hmm. families aren't going to rob you and murder you. And, you know, people who have put God and family and then community in a sound third position. I think a lot of people might take the prepping and a lot of people don't have number one that's on them, but they say, well, I got to protect my family. I'm going to go do all this crazy stuff because I want to protect my family. Well, protecting your family sometimes is being there and teaching them stuff and playing games with your kids that you don't want to play every day. (laughs) So I think that having that mindset, first off, is that's what I want patriots to be. I want them to have God and then family and then the country and in that order. And if you're taking care of the first two, you are taking care of the third. That's how better way could you take care of the, you know, you want to be the change that you seek, right? I tell people all the time, they're like, there's too many people on the planet. When I hear that, I'm like, you know, if everybody who thought that would kill themselves tonight, literally solved. <laughs> be the change that you seek, man. Yeah. So I got into prepping, I guess, as a scout, you know, a scout's always prepared. And uh, so as a kid, just going out in the woods, I picked up a lot of really great lessons. You know, I wasn't touched in the scouts, which was really good. I had a wonderful experience. And yeah, so, you know, just be prepared. And, and, and so, like I was telling you last night, put a map in your glove box. It's a simple, easy thing to do. Now you're a prepper. Yeah, that's a great um, point. Lose your phone. Absolutely. A lot of people, when they think about prepping, it can be overwhelming, just like agorism. We've talked about that a lot. I got to start a, a full garden now. I got to take down a global super, superstructure of baby blood-sucking elites right now. That's, that's going to overwhelm anybody. But one step at a time, things that you can do that hey, are What's going on? Do what? So wait, what's going on? Oh, oh yeah. You haven't heard about that. You haven't heard about the, <laughs> the superstructure of elites and the, the baby blood suckers. Well, what? That's, that's what happens <laughs> when you're in the woods in Tennessee. I love that you're in the woods in Tennessee. Really authentic prepper image that we see right here. But that point of that, put a map in your car and that one small step, it would feel so good to not have to just look down at your GPS and rely on it to go everywhere. There, there's power in taking these small actions. And what, what type of everyday actions or, or things that you do with your family that other people could do in their lives to help them build this mindset or get on this path towards being a prepper? Well, like I said, uh, put some, I, you know, you can maybe start with your car, right? So have some waters in your car. You know, it was funny when we had the snowpocalypse in Atlanta, you know, um, people would, didn't have water, you know, they were stuck out there. And so, you know, it's simple things like that. Maybe you have a tire pump in your car, you can buy them at wherever home Depot and you can inflate your tire or, there's those little bitty wallet size battery chargers that you can jump your car off with. So having some, you know, emergency stuff like that in your car. So if you pop a tire or your battery goes dead, that you're not having to rely on somebody else, especially, you know, you don't want your wife to, you know, you know, be stuck somewhere on the side of the road with no way to get out of there. So, and you've helped tons of people whose batteries wouldn't start because you've had that in Atlanta yeah, I've been around sure. you and yeah, people's cars yeah. and you pull this thing out of your pocket and you're like, Oh, I can jump your car. With um, this. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I say sometimes doomsday is Tuesday, you know, <laughs> right, like their yeah. life was falling apart in that moment. And uh, it was cool to be able to slide in 
and, and have the solution. So that was definitely cool. Yeah. Um, dig it too. If you can help them start their car with a cool little device. Do they? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think they do. I wouldn't know, man. I wouldn't know. I'm a serial, <laughs> mono- serial monogamous, man. I guess the thing would be, you know, you have your, have a pack ready to go. Have something, you'll hear about it, a 72 hour pack. So that is, you know, you've got some water, you've got some basic shelter. Hopefully you got a gun. Okay. So let me just scratch everything else. Get a gun, you know, learn how to use it and have that. If you need a permit, get a permit, have that on you at all times. Like, I think that's, that's a big part of it. Cause if you don't have water and food and you have a gun, you, know, you can get water and food. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. You know, if it was really terrible, you could, but you know, you yeah, of course do. you would. I mean, if you're putting God first, you're not putting exactly you can use the gun See, to get food, but you're yeah. not going to use the gun to get water. Yeah, I do own a comedy club, and 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 so I say terrible things. I'm trying to edit yeah. myself here. Just <laughs> say terrible things. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, joke, but <laughs> I was taught if somebody says something that you don't agree with, and you're just like, yeah, whatever, then they think that you agree with it. But right, yes, right. it is a good joke. So- that's for sure. <laughs> So, you know, when think about it, though, think about it. if you're if you if were really starving and your children were really starving, you know, and you really were starving, you were really were going to die if you didn't have it. But you had a gun like you, you would go get food and water. You know what I mean? Yeah. You might not shoot somebody, but you would be right. like, please let me have this water. Yes, um, you I, I was definitely taught in a very God fearing household that you could <laughs> steal a loaf of bread to feed your kids. Yeah. Yeah. And if you get caught, you know, you got to give them back, too. Right. Isn't that the deal? Yeah, but um, I was also taught that if you take a gun out, you better use it. Right. No, I'm just see- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Or thing. girl, or girl, or girl, or whatever. <laughs> Equal opportunity killing. <laughs> no, you know, I, 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 that's, I hope in my, you know, I, I had a dream one time years ago that I, that I had hurt somebody like that in a dream, and that in the dream they screamed. And I knew. I was like, okay, I, that's not me. <laughs> I'm not. That was awful. I, I have no desire to hurt anyone um, ever. You know, no, I would never reason. take the gun. My dad always wanted me to have one. But I was like, your rules are if you're going to have it, you better be ready to use it. And if you're going to use it, you better put the guy down because he'll use it on you. And I was like, I can't. I can't. No, you just just wave it around. Oh, my gosh. That's so wrong. Isn't that wrong? <laughs> they tell you not to do that. I think you just yeah. wave it around. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's fired up into the air. It'll be fine, right? I he also right. wanted me to do they disintegrate. Have a knife, and I couldn't even. I was like, I'm definitely not going to be sure to kill a guy with a knife. Finkley could kill somebody with a knife. He could. He Maybe could. if the person stood very room. still. I always think very still. Then, person then, yeah. like a magic show. He's yeah. very good at it. So what? Tell us about your spread here. So I, I have a, just a little lot here and it, this one has, it's on grid, it has power and water, but it's, but it's not too far from my off grid properties, which brings me to a point, you know, prepping is a whole different thing when you have small children and, and large children. I have four, they're in ranges from 26 to four. So one, one a decade. And so, yeah, it's, it's great. I love it though. You know, the smaller the person, the more stuff that goes with them. And so, you know, with your kids, you definitely want to think about, I actually go to Goodwill all the time and I go look at the games that they have. And there's always some killer, you know, board game for 99 cents. And, uh, and usually the pieces are all in there. And so over the years I have, you know, I have this 
wall of games. I mean, just every game you can think of. And I didn't give that much for it either. So, um, you know, if your kids are always on the computer, uh, or always on the screen, which, you know, I understand that I'm a parent, but, uh, so if you can get them away from that into board games, that's a way to train them actually to not rely on, um, you know, just the, the TV, the internet for their entertainment, which is good. Cause if you're out camping somewhere or you're off, you know, they might be losing their mind for them. That part of it could be so dramatic because everything they know is now ripped away from them. So make sure you play board games with them, collect them. I know that sounds kind of silly, but over the, over time, that's what I've come to realize is, is super important. You made a good point about kids in a, crisis situation or scenario last night when we were talking, do you remember what I'm talking about? Where some, somebody were to come into your house and you want to be able to communicate with your kid? Oh yeah, for sure. So, you know, that's also, that's, that's a good parenting thing. But if uh, let's say someone comes into uh, the house and, and, and I'm trying to sneak around or something, I see my kid, I don't want my kid to move. And I, I put my, finger to my lips to signal quiet and your kid goes, why, <laughs> you know, ah, so, you know, to, to, you know, to work with them to, you know, when I, when I do this, be quiet, don't move and reward them for it. You know, people, people do better with reward, try to make a game out of it, but definitely, you know, there, there was, my son was going to run in front of the, uh, I think you were rehearsing with me at the theater and his ball rolled onto the highway and I just see him running towards the ball and I see a car come and I see that he can't see it. And so I just, I, I don't remember what I yelled. I yelled his name or yelled stop, but uh, something in my voice, you know, I mean, he literally froze in time and didn't move and he would have died if, uh, if he hadn't just obeyed me, you know, in that moment. Yeah. So you want your children to, you know, obey you, I guess. So it's like involving them in these, in the prepping activities. I know you take them up there sometimes and yeah. I'd love for you to tell everybody about your setup up there as well. Cause I know people are curious about just how to do it, where to start, what it's like to actually be out there. When you told me that you were in a shipping container last night, <laughs> I thought that was awesome because it reminded me of a fort when I was a kid and it just totally changed the image of what you were doing. I I'd never imagined that. So tell us a little yeah. bit about that. Okay. Well, you know, you can get them uh, you, used and you can get them like single use. I think you can get them new. They're obviously more expensive if they're new or just used once. But that's what we went for because we didn't want uh, any residual chemicals from something bad that was shipped over the last 20 years without a lot of dents. You know, you can, I think we, I think we paid somewhere around 6,000 delivered for this. It was a high cube. So it's nine feet, six inches tall. That would, I would definitely do that. And, uh, you know, we decided not to cut any windows out because their, their structure, as soon as you do that, you have to weld all this other stuff in place. But I wanted to be able to leave and lock it up. So I have, when you open the two doors, I have a, a window and a door made of glass there. And that's where all my ventilation and stuff happens from. But, you know, I've got a refrigerator with, uh, with food uh, in it and tots and, you know, the, the plan is to make it actually not like a camping place, but somewhere, somewhere nice. Can we see it? I don't want to show anybody it. <laughs> is that That's okay? Fine. I just was asking if we could see it, but all right, uh, let me totally just, I'm, I'm, no, no, I don't worry I'm, about I'm, it. I'm going to do something here. I'm going to do something here. I'm going to do this little 
Because I've got it all. It's all messed up right now. I'm not. I'm building it right now. So it's going to no, go up I to the sky. I just want to see from the outside. Whoa, here we are. Oh, there <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got my lights up there. Got it. Yeah. Cute. <clears throat> Can so, you paint you know, the outside? I want to I want to just paint. I could. So, you know, here's the deal. Uh, I All day we had a our excavator uh, broke that we've been working on for like seven months today. And uh, yeah, so this place that I got, it was a junkyard and and I got it sight unseen because it was close to the other properties. And so that's a big lesson. Don't buy don't buy junkyard sight unseen. Oh, really? So, it sounded yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. No. So, but it's great. You know what? I actually love it because I'm, I'm regenerating the, this was, a, it was terrible. I have it, uh, but I have these two piles of topsoil mixed with garbage that we're trying to cull the garbage out of to, to respread the topsoil. But there's, you know, it's a lot of trash. It was, you know, 30, 40 years of people dumping here, but it's almost all gone. I'm almost done. And uh, we're going to have nice grass and, and uh, Wait, you've you know, moved per- 30 to 40 years of trash from that property. Yes. Yes. Wow. I know probably, uh, I don't know, uh, eight or nine uh, uh, truckloads, big, big truckloads of, of tires that we pulled off here. That was, that was expensive. Is there um, water underneath? Is there an aquifer? Is anything leaching into the well? Yeah, or you, you've probably. got pipes. You've got pipes. Right? Yeah, I've, said- so I've got city water here. Right. Yeah, so, you know, this whole area up, you know, the South Cumberland Plateau, a lot of it was just so beautiful up here, but a lot of it was old coal country. And so back in the day, they didn't remediate properly. And so all this stuff leaches down into the, I believe it's the Sequatchie Aquifer. So there's a lot of people that have got dirty water out here. And, um, and you can, you can tell, <laughs> you can tell there's something in the water. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> Don't knock fluoride till you tried it. <laughs> right. No, no, everybody's, everybody's so nice up here. Everybody's been, everybody's been really great. It's a lot different than downtown Atlanta for sure. Yeah. Seems where like I've it. lived for, you know, you know, quarter century, but, uh, but I've been coming up here and camping for a very long time. So I'm, I'm familiar with it and know a lot of people up here, but yeah, no. So the land that's off into the, into the woods, you know, there's wild blueberry, there's water on the property. It's, it's, yeah. it's breathtaking. You sent me some photos of the blueberry. It looked amazing. Oh said. yeah. 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 Wasn't that cool? That yeah, was all you, just you, wild picked. Oh, so yeah, you, you weren't growing that food. You picked that from the wild. Correct. What do you do about food in a scenario of, you know, a crisis scenario? I know you have the food you can pick and what else? Well, so we have tower gardens at our house and I can grow a bunch of food off of those, but oh, no, you know, tower that, garden is as tall. It's like a tall freestanding thing that you can grow plants out of. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Correct. It's uh, it's made by the juice plus company, which I do work for. I do sell stuff there. So let me be clear about that, but I love the product. You know, I do. I mean, I talk about it all the yeah. time, but yeah, yeah, they're aeroponic tower gardens. You can grow like a bunch of plants in it, but so I have that at my house in Atlanta in the backyard so that I have beyond fresh organic food. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. The other thing is, you know, you need to store up your, your storable foods. So freeze dried foods, freeze dried meats. Um, and then you're going to want to test them. So you're going to want to try them because it may be the worst idea, you know, you've ever had, but there's powdered eggs, powdered milk. We have a process where, uh, because one of the things, you know, we, we have our, we take those juice plus things with us. We have so many extra of those because 
you know, you need all the nutrients of fresh vegetables and fruits, right? That's why we call their company nutrition prepper. Cause you need whole food. You need whole food nutrition to survive. You can't just do it on calories. And, uh, so we, we have store, we have stored those up. Um, but basically what we do is we, we just ordered ahead a little bit and then we cycle back and you know, use the old ones first, but you know, things like, you know, if you buy wheat, that's not already ground, you can keep it for, for, you know, a really long time and have a grinder. You can grind your own flour if you're into making bread, which, which I think is cool to do. But yeah, so I started off, you know, way back. I, my first thing was I wanted two weeks of food for me and my family. And so that's what I did. And then later on, I was like, I really like having this. So, and then I expanded it out to three months and then and it went, I went crazy, you know, after that. Yeah. So storable foods, but when we go to the grocery store, we try to get a little extra of stuff that we think we'll keep for a while, but stuff that we'll enjoy too. So, you know, fresh vegetables are going to spoil the wheats, beans, beans are great. And you know, a lot of beans and cause they'll keep forever and you can grow them into plants if you need to later on. I have a lot of, I have a lot of beans, man. And, uh, rice keeps a long time. So if you, if you eat beans and rice, you can survive off of beans and rice without anything else. You're, you're going to get a full balanced diet between those two things. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, Beans and rice, man. Yeah. No, it's great to know that you can get those, uh, yeah, you can stock up on those and have them for quite a long time. So you might not necessarily yeah. have to eat the, the MREs as long as you have some of those. What kind of stuff do you have in your, very, I know mean, you have different levels of bug out bags for different scenarios. What are the most important items in those bug out bags? So I'll say this. I've never really had to bug out. And I'm sure some people who have might know better. But what, I've, what I think is that, you know, obviously we have, I have water filtration. They make life straws. Those seem cool. So I have a bunch of them, but I have a bunch is of that different brands. Is you stick in a tree? The life straw? That's what you would... And you just get into a puddle, basically. You try to find the cleanest water that you can. Yeah, you would stick it in and it's got these filters and it you know, filters out viruses and it's like 99.9%. I've, I've tried it and, and uh, not in the filthiest water, though. I, I wasn't down for that. But uh, they, they work. They've, uh, they've got a bunch of great ratings everywhere. So I, I have the water. You know, I have my weapon. I actually have a uh, ham radio. And yeah. took a course, ham right? radio. I did. I took a course. And how's the and ham radio used? When was it, when well, is it most valuable? You know, for so far for me, you know, if you, so there's three different classes of license. So there's the uh, technician, John messing it up, general and technician, general, and, and the last one. And uh, <laughs> so as you go up in classes, you get more, more spectrum, but that's where you might have a base an antenna up in the sky and you're bouncing signals off the ionosphere to the other side of the world. So if you need to get information from the other side of the world, you, you want to get into that, that different spectrum. So I, I have the, the technician. I have the, I have the most basic, which allows me to operate on certain bands. Kind of works like a walkie-talkie that you have at your house um, on the family band radio, um, except that I can hit it off of repeaters that people have set up in different places. And I can bounce signals from those repeaters and get a message across the country. Um, I have found it useful when there's been storms coming through, just like through Atlanta and they were talking about tornadoes. 
I'm, I'm listening off the Atlanta repeater to people at that moment at the speed of light telling me, Hey, we've seen something uh, over here. And so you can kind of get an idea uh, a lot faster than you could by watching the news or listening to a weather app. Cause you've got, you know, people out there saying it's happening right now. I can see it with my eyes. So that's great. They're mostly the one that I have the Siyatsu. It's mostly a line of sight. If I'm just communicating, say my son and I both got our technician licenses. So um, this is you know, fairly recently, so we don't know everything about them, but um, we are able to talk quite a distance in straight line. So when we've been traveling one car and the other car, and both of us have one in our cars, we can kind of keep track of each other better than, you know, than any other form. And it's not like a CB. So probably no one's listening to us on that channel. And it's not like a family radio. If, if someone in the car next to you had one, they would hear you. So this one slightly more private, you know, bandwidth. Yeah. What else is in the bug out bag? I don't, I don't know if you call it a bug out bag. I just know that's the term people use, but you're, I know you have your three day bags and your five minute bags and stuff like that. I, yeah. I've got a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah, good. I got a bunch of cool stuff in it. Uh, now I've, I've got this, uh, you know, you, you see people with a pair of cords. So having cord as well, obviously mm -hmm. I have a knife, um, but I've got this stuff that's called survivor cord, which is very interesting. So in addition to the three nylon strings uh, inside the paracord, it also has a fishing line, a snare wire, and uh, a piece of fire tender that are strings. So if I needed fishing line, I could pull it out of my paracord line and put a hook on it and, and catch some, some protein. So that's kind of neat. It's yeah, it's kind of Hollywood, you know, it's, it's really cool. I, uh, it's high tech and, uh, it's not too expensive. You know, I bought a thousand feet roll of it. And then I split that between the different members of my family. So we all have some paracord, the survivor yeah. cord paracord. Yeah. It's pretty cool. There's these, they I forget the name of them, but they're, they're, they're flat pieces of metal where you pop out the little shapes. You can make spearheads, uh, a lock pick set, you have all a lock kinds pick of set? whatever you want. Yeah. I, and I forget the name of the key and I'm so sorry that I forget the name of the key, but if you've ever been to a commercial building and you see on the side of it where their water is, there's not a faucet there. There's just a little keyhole. And, um, I think it's called a sis key or sips key potentially. But so you can turn on those commercial water sources. It's the key to turn them all on and you can buy it on Amazon. So <laughs> wow. That would be, yeah. That would be great to have in my, in my, in my bag in case I needed water. Who, who I was, I watched a guy survival scout. I think that's who it was who recommended that. And I thought that was really cool. So um, definitely put that in the pack, uh, a map. I got a compass, um, but I know how to use the compass. So that's, you know, otherwise it might just confuse you. It's, it's, it's simple really, but um, you need to practice it a little bit. I've got a BioLite. Yeah, that's what I got. I've got a BioLite kitchen stove, which I absolutely love. So it uses fire. There's a hot plate and a cold plate and you, you, you put tiny twigs, not big pieces of, of wood. You put tiny twigs down in the casing of it and you can now use that to generate power to power your USB devices your computer, your cell phone. So you're generating energy from fire. Oh, uh, and you can heat your water. And it's important to have a tourniquet. Right? So I have a, have a really nice tourniquet that I keep with me. Some Israeli bandages. Cool stuff like that. A little saw. 
and I could pack yeah. it all into this one into this one bag. Mm-hmm. Batteries, and then on, on top of it, I, behind it rather, I have a wool blanket because you know you can wool will still keep you warm even if it's wet. So yeah, these are basic items people can find on Amazon, or I know there's Army Navy stores to to get absolutely. started. And absolutely, none of it's. You know, the, here's the thing. What's fun about it is once you make your bag, you're going to want to remake your bag. So you can't remake your bag until you've made it. So it's always a good idea just to make one that you think is good enough because you're inevitably going to, even if you thought, even if you had it perfect the first time you did it, you're going to change it. So, uh, you know, put in there what you think, you know, get, get, get what you have and put it in there. Put some uh, granola bars in there. You know, they'll, they'll go bad after a while. So you have to replace them, but. Uh, you a don't have flashlight, to be probably. There you go. Good flashlight. Absolutely. Headlamp, rather. Yeah. Also, headlamp's great. So you can have both your hands. Yeah. So, you know, there's the bag that you use. Okay, I'm going to run into the woods. I'm leaving my car. I'm leaving everything. I'm running into the woods. And so that's kind of like your 72-hour pack. That's just to uh, to go hide somewhere for a minute and survive. You know, an ignition source. A little bit of food, a little bit of water. And so then you have like, then you're your, your bug out bag, which is like, okay, we're, now I think that those are, you should have one in your car as well. Cause that's where you're going to be caught places that you're not comfortable with is in your car. So maybe around your, where you put your tire at or your back somewhere, just, just make it nice and pack it in there and whatever you think you might need. And then there's the stay at home plan, which is the world's gone to hell. We can't get it. You know, when interstate 85, you know, burned down, (laughs) whatever that was. And, uh, you know, we're kind of stuck. Right. And so you got to have an idea. How would I go to the city if I didn't that, but if I'm going to stay and I can't get out, the power's out, you can get, you can get really costly. You can get solar generators. You can get a Generac which is a propane generator, which will all, you know, and that's just for when a storm comes by, cuts out your power, the Generac will immediately restore all the power to your house. You'll just see a little, maybe a little blink and you'll be back up and running. And then when the power is restored, it turns off, it runs on natural gas. But if you had a large propane tank, you you could probably run, run one of those for maybe a week. I don't know. I try to, um, you know, I teach my kids don't answer the door ever for any reason ever. That's, I think that's a good thing. I try to make it no one can see my house through the windows. I've always found that crazy that people just drive by and see what they're doing in their house. So, you know. You were telling me last night, and Monica, I, I think you might have something to say about this too, about how you got your land and how you were able to do it without going through a bank. I think that might be something people are interested in. For sure. Well, you know, as a, as an entrepreneur, I have zero credit and, um, <laughs> I mean, that's what, what you can find though. And they're out there is there's people who don't, they're not dying for the money, you know, they, but they don't want to go through the hassle of selling their land through a realtor. So what you can do, if you find those people, you can do, uh, and I know in Tennessee, especially you can do what's known as a land contract. And what that land contract is, is that the owner becomes now the, the financial institution. They become the bank. And so rather than paying them the full amount like a bank would give them, you can work out with them some percentage that you would pay down. And it's completely between you and the, and the owner what they're comfortable with. They, they basically so they hold might, the note. They would hold the, the note. seller holds the uh, note. 
Correct. The seller holds the note. Yeah, but you do. I mean, this is something that you would go to your deed of registrars and you would, you know, it's, it's, it's a real thing. It's recorded. And so let's say you put down a down payment, you work out a payment plan. If they, you know, if there's some percentage rate that they're going to be asking, will they get that percentage rate? And the, the great thing for me is, okay, I don't have to, I don't have to prove all these things. I don't have to, I can just come up with an agreed upon, you know, down payment and then make payments to this person. And, and that, and that seems and if, to work. You know, the deed reverts to them and they are familiar with the property. So as long as they set it at a rate, a percentage that they feel like there's no way that land will ever go below that value, they can give you 50% on the note. If you don't pay the note, they get the land back. Right. So it's even better than that for them. So they, it's not that they have to give you the note. You have to give them the note back. They keep the note. And so in a, in a different situation, when you have a mortgage, you would have to go through the foreclosure process. So what this does is this circumvents the foreclosure process. You do go to court. You have to be notified. You're given so many days. But if you just stop paying, if you break any, you know, they could write it in there, break any part of this, then I keep the land. I keep the down payment. I keep all the payments that you've made. And goodbye. And then they can go ahead and make that same deal. You know, I think at least I think out here people actually do that where they offer that. Maybe they've sold the same piece of property 15 times over the years to somebody and collected a bunch of money. But, you know, I mean, it's, well, it's a fair deal. I mean, it can be a little bit of a, a scam, not a scam, but it can you could take advantage of someone by luring them into paying way too much for the property by offering them this note. And then knowing when somebody right. talks some sense into them, they're going to stop paying. You could even theoretically give it to them for zero down. And yes. they can just pay you whatever that note is for a very long time. And what you ended up having done is gotten a much above market rent. And then in the end, you just get the thing back anyway. So I could definitely see people taking for advantage sure. of that. Absolutely. So that's why I was saying, you know, you, you can also go out and just find owners. You know, you can go to the board of assessors, the county board of assessors and, and look up all this information, of, of, you know, find out who they are. Do, you know, usually you can find them on an internet search, but, you find the owner of a place that you want. You say, Hey, I would, I love your property. Are you interested in doing this deal with me? And you know, you never know. That's the thing. You never know. You might catch them on a good day and they might just need a, some dollars and you know, it's really not a lot for them to lose. So that does work. I, I can vouch that I've seen Bob do that type of thing a number of times, just approaching people and making those offers, which is not something that a lot of people think about. A lot of people only go when they see something advertised as being open for sale yep. or to official sources. But it really does. If you go to people with uh, an idea and they like that idea, they sometimes will surprise you and you could end up with a, a nice piece of property or a, a big giant church that turns into. A <laughs> yeah, for sure. Tell us about the importance of a positive mindset. There's a lot of doomsday type mindsets right. that can be associated right. with this. No. So that's, that's really the main thing that I would, I would talk about. Uh, and you know, you've, you've worked with me in comedy or whatever. I'm a positive guy. Uh, you know, I, I am, I am hopeful and, uh, you know, I got deep abiding faith and I know everything's going to be all right. So I mean, you got to work on that. Everybody does. So like I said, prepping is fun and, and I've really enjoyed it. And if I ever get to use it, if it ever comes in handy, it'll also be great. Uh, it's comforting to know that I have it. I don't know. You know, there's, uh, 
here's the thing that's been crazy too, especially with prepping. So in, in the environment that I work, you know, nobody agrees with me politically. Right. And you know, this, right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're the other guy. Right. <laughs> and, and, uh, so, um, and, but that's the thing though, these people that I'm talking about are absolutely wonderful people, you know, that I would do anything for they're wonderful. And so a lot of stuff, you know, the media, you know, there's this narrative, man, but people aren't generally as wicked as they're, as they're shown to be. So I think that's the thing, you know, um, you guys kind of treat, you got to treat people the way you want to be treated. You know, that's really what it is. And if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. Those, those two things right there are critical. Think about it. If you're in a situation where you're trying to survive and you say something wrong or, you know, I'm not saying be, be weak, the opposite of that, but there's so many moments when we could lose our head. I've always found that, you know, taking a breath, being calm, forgive everybody, you know, usually things are going to go your way and they might not always, but you're still a winner at the end of it. So what you want to preserve, the thing that we're trying to preserve is not just our flesh, not just our bones. We're trying to preserve uh, our joy. I mean, you know, that's why I do comedy. It's, uh, I mean, I'm not knocking anybody's job. We need them all, but I love the fact that I get to do uh, what brings me great joy. And so uh, that's how I've prepped my life is, is I said in the beginning, if it's not something that I enjoy, I'm not going to invest in it. And um, so if you want to start prepping, start enjoying, you know, being prepared for stuff. I don't know. You do know know. that's, that's a good, the positivity. And you mentioned your improv and theater experience. I would think that in a disaster scenario, having positivity as opposed to having a more pessimistic attitude is going to make you more flexible mentally and flexible when the the circumstances are going to be unpredictable. And I mean, we could talk all night about how improv would apply in the certain scenarios for disaster prepping. But I think the the positive mindset, the forward looking mindset and the belief that you're going to figure this out, you will solve this problem is important. And also when people get bummed out, they can be a drag and having a positive attitude you can be that stronger energy, which uh, is something I've seen you do a lot. You could, the, the most powerful energy that walks into a room is going to affect the other attitudes in that room. Everybody's been in a room before and somebody's walked in who's just yeah. been down and out and negative and it's yeah. just soured the whole room. Same thing can happen in a positive way. And uh, I think that that type of attitude is vital in a, a crisis scenario when everybody is you freaking know, I, out. I learned this. I, I first got this idea from Dennis Prager years ago and I love it and I've expanded upon it. And I actually, you know, it's, it's a lot about what I teach and that's um, happiness is your responsibility and it is not your reward, you know, exactly. Cause if you were to hit me in the arm, it would bruise, you know, it would suck, but it'd heal. But if you got inside my head, you know, maybe depressed, you know, brought me down that, that could, that could have, you know, much longer lasting effects, especially when you're talking about children, you know, never frown at a child, you know, because it could change their whole life. So be sweet to little people. And um, so, yes, you have a responsibility. And, and, and I love what he talked about is that it's not just the way you feel. It's also the way you behave. So even if you don't feel happy, you need to behave happy because it's just like hitting me. You know, if you come into a room and you're all negative and, 
you know, it's you've attacked me. You've, you've actually attacked me. You've attacked my brain. You've hurt me. And, uh, you don't have a right to hit people, you know? So you don't really have a right to be unhappy. You know, people, people are like, Oh, I want to pray for this guy. Cause he's not happy. I want to pray for this guy. It's like, that guy's an asshole. You know, he's, <laughs> Oh no, he's just going through something. He's not happy. It's like, well, he should be at home. Like, don't be that way, man. Like you're bringing yeah. everybody down. You, you, you can't, and I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to cuss or something, but yeah, you're not supposed to, uh, you gotta be, you gotta be nice and you gotta behave happy. And, um, it's not fake. It's a behavior. You need to behave happy to be, um, so let's say we're in a scenario and things are going wrong. And then you see a guy and he's like, what are we going to do? man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not going to inspire you to figure something out. Right. You know, yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to be in a hole with that guy, but, um, no. so yes. Yeah. So you don't want, you don't want to have fake confidence either. You know, you, you got to fake like it till you make you, it, though. You, you, you do, you do. But yeah. I'm saying you got to have number one in order. You got to have God is number one. Number two, it's got to be your family. So if you just do those two things, you're going to figure out all this other stuff easily. If, if things aren't going well, it's because one and two are not in order. And um, for everything, right? Um, yeah. So um, well, how does breathing help with that? I, I, I don't know if you've heard, but I, yeah. I've talked about breathing exercises every now and then on our show and uh, patron 15 or something like that, because it, we're surrounded by the screens and you, you, Bob, you're not on social media at all. And that's probably nope. incredibly healthy for you. Awesome. The rest of us. Yeah. We're surrounded by screens and we're surrounded by chaos and they, everything is agitating all the time and being able to get rid of that, to throw, to throw that trash out and, and center yourself and find clarity is important. And I have found, and I did learn this from you from breathing exercises and training and improv that doing yoga and, and breathe. I never thought I would be somebody who did that type of stuff. At first I was like, this isn't going to work for me, but that totally works. Yeah. And you've always been a big believer of that. Well, I know that I think one of the things I say is that if you can control your breath, you can control your life. You know, the example of telling people how I can, you know, here's how I can affect the room by my breathing. You tell people that on their first day and they're like, yeah, whatever, artsy stuff. And then while you're talking to them, you just yawn. You just happen to, you know, I intentionally will just yawn and then just watch everybody laying down, start to yawn. And I was like, I made you do that. Yeah. Like, I just made your body do that. Uh, and you think it's only with the yawn that that happens with? No, you know, it's, it's not. It's so much more than the yawn. The yawn is the one that we all know about. But I just physically made you do something without your, you know, subconsciously by the way that I breathed around you. So if I'm angry and breathing angry, I will not stop being angry until I stop breathing angry. So what was that thing that people say that smiling makes you happier more than being happy makes you smile. So, and it changes your body physiologically. It changes your absolutely. body. And we know as performers that is, is that what goes along with that is that my emotions are going to dictate my dialogue. They're going to filter my dialogue for me. So like, if I'm really angry, I'm not going to say something nostalgic. You know, if I'm, uh, if I'm feeling nostalgic, I'm not going to say something sexy, you know, because that's not where that's not where I'm at right now. So if I can control my breath, I can access all these different parts of my, my subconscious. And it's the only, so yeah, controlling your breath, you know, that's also going to help you in a, in a, you know, practice being in a crazy situation where you can control your breath, you know, deep breath in, hold it, you know, sigh out completely. 
from the diaphragm. Yeah, you'll do that, and you you clarity, especially in crazy situations. Yeah, um, it, you know totally. the, ex- the excavator broke today. I was calm, and uh, yeah. you know everything kind of worked out. My buddy was you know was really upset. Yeah, I, I bet so. it's easy to get frustrated in, in those situations when everybody else is agitated and the agitation builds upon each other and it grows. If you're the one in the middle who used to do this exercise to, to warm up for improv because everybody would come in for, with their day and they would just be they'd have their day with them. And so their day is, is brought onto the stage and, and it affects other people. So the idea is to get a blank slate to wash this stuff away and start over and really get your focus. And we would do an exercise where we would pick a, a dot on the wall on the other side yeah. of the room and you'd lift one leg up to have balance and you would breathe kind of with the dot that you see putting everything you have all of your breath into that dot focusing on nothing else but that dot and you used to say that the easy thing to do is to not focus on the dot is to is to let your let yourself get distracted and go somewhere else and, and that's what everybody else does and that is the chaos coming in but if you can focus on the dot then you can balance on one leg you can spin around and once you really get locked into it, I mean, you can do all kind of moves you've never realized before. And then you're not even realizing you're doing it because you're so focused, laser focused. And once you're done with that exercise, I'm telling you all the baggage of your day has, has faded away. Your focus is super sharp. And in a crisis scenario, that's probably the first thing that I would do is I would probably gather myself probably that exact exercise so that I could gather my focus and figure out what I'm going to do next. They'd be like, why is Brad staring at a dot? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, but that, it it totally does work. So let's talk about, you know, so, so performing on stage, like, like, you know, for so many years. So it might, it's, it's dangerous, you know, because, you know, in other situations, people are risking themselves physically, but risking yourself, you know, how you feel about yourself, you know, everybody hates you. It's really, it's really hard to feel good about yourself, you know? So it's dangerous. You know, they could, they could really, I've seen people be really hurt by after performing on stage because it didn't go well and, you know, it changed them and hurt them, which is sad because it's so much fun. Um, So yeah, that's why we, you know, we have to breathe because there's so much stuff going on in the shows that we do, you know, especially with hosting it. If I'm, if I don't seem like I'm calm and in control, I'm going to lose the whole crowd. No one's going to listen to me. They're going to, you know, they're not going to have a good, and then no one's going to have a good time. So, you know, to be able to control your breath and, and, and know that. So everyone's like, Oh, this guy's got it. He's definitely got it. Yeah. We can just relax and just enjoy the rest of this. Uh, but inside, you know, you, you might be like, to, ah. yeah, yeah. It gives you the power to handle unforeseen situations. I, I know we're talking about it in theater context here, but the reason I want you to talk about it is because it applies. Like I, I've, I've yeah. seen you in a number of situations where the cars broke down or somebody else has been in crisis or somebody got robbed outside the theater or whatever. Craziest situations and always gathering, always gathering yourself, taking that breath and then preparing yourself mentally to to be ready to adapt to unexpected situations. Uh, and I, I think that's probably one of the most important skills to have for being out there in the woods where you're at right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I mean, it reminds me, you know, years ago, our friend with the knife, you know, <laughs> if you remember that downstairs yeah, during the show, one of the, one of the comedians wanted to kill one of the other comedians. That got really weird. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, I came down, there was a bunch of chaos. Ah! And so I remember my thought was the only thing that matters is the knife. 
Like that's the yeah. only thing that matters. Just go get that knife, you know, go, go watch that knife and make sure it's safe. And so, you know, that's, yeah. so I you know, took a breath and went and, you know, you know, got the knife out of his hand and, and then everything was fine, you know, but right. you could have focused on all the other stuff that was going around in that scenario. Yeah. So I'm, I'm grateful for having been, you know, training for those situations for sure. I think a, a takeaway from that for, for me anyway, is that becoming a prepper, it's not about just going out and buying all the stuff. You can get the stuff for sure. But like you mentioned earlier, it's about that mindset and developing that mindset and developing the way that you're going to prepare yourself to be a prepper when the time comes. And you can start by breathing, by doing the yoga, by whatever exercise you're comfortable with that helps you channel that focus and channel that breath. That gets you in a mindset where you can then visualize and visualization can become reality if you if you really sure. focus on it. Visualize these situations and the way you will behave when certain things happen, the actions that you will take to protect your family. Uh, grab You're going to one, grab your bag, get in your car, whatever the steps are. I'm sure you've done that. I'm sure you've played those scenarios yeah. out through your head. And I... I'm not, I didn't mean to make this an improv slash um, prepper thing, but it, it really does apply in all areas of life. Both do both prepping and improv applies in all areas of life. But do you have any of those scenarios offhand that you've kind of run through and, you know, when you've imagined certain situations happening? Yeah. So um, uh, I think there's a nuclear reactor at Georgia tech and uh, you know, they use it for scientific purposes and, what if that melted down? You know, what if, um, what if many of the, what if there was an attack? What if something happened? So, um, I have this stuff, it's called uh, potassium iodide and I got it from the FDA. And so, you know, we've practiced, you know, which we do. Um, we lost you. Can you. We lost you for a minute there. Sorry. Uh-oh. This ha- that's ha- it's- we just had an Art Bell moment. Right? Caller, caller, are you there? Did, did we lose you? Am I in my back? Yeah, you're back. Uh, what was I saying? The, uh, visualizing iodide. the nuclear reactor. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, so I have the potassium iodide. And so we know that, you know, which, so we practice learning which ways we run. We run, you know, away from the, the radiation, the plume. Um, and so that's what we learned is that we need to, get as far away from it as you can, as fast as you can, you know, run the other direction from the wind. But also, um, you know, I want to take these, I want to get my little these tablets because that's, I guess that's where people die when there's radiation is they, they, it gets into their thyroid as I understand it. And uh, so this potassium iodide basically saturates their thyroid. So you wouldn't want to take it unless there was radiation, but it saturates it. And, you know, the elderly, the children are, are going to be the most susceptible, as I understand it. So, yeah, yeah. So we've practiced, you know, we've practiced running. Uh, what do we do? What bags do we grab? And, uh, you know, here's the thing. You got to be careful. You don't freak your kids out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. You don't want to freak your kids yeah. out. It's got to be it's got to be fun for everybody because I, you know, people learn better with fun. Sorry. How much potassium iodide do you take? So, like, for my little one, I would break this little pill in half and just give her a half of one. And I think that, you know, my oldest son who lives with me, uh, he would get, a, he's a grown man. You know, he would, he would get one. Um, I've got a nine-year-old. We'll probably give him a whole, the rest of us would take a whole one. And my, and my daughter a prescription? would. Because I know potassium is nope. highly regulated. 
Nope. You can actually just purchase it straight from the FDA for, for this purpose. Right. Um, yeah. And they, so you want, you know, you want your governments to stock up on it for you as well, but you know, it's, I, I think I bought a whole sliver of it for $12. You want to have it in your possession. For so sure. Just, I've been writing down all the things that you're the things that are in your bug out bag, even I mean, just an idea of board games, a pack of cards. I was thinking, you know, we need one of those little trailers, just like a little RV thing or something with a hitch on it. Maybe put the dried food in there, yes. put some pack of cards in there. If, do you have a, a resource for beginners, a book you could recommend or a website where if I need it, like because I was having this kind of problem when COVID started locking down our town. And I was worried about getting food for my kids. And I bought like a big water purifier and I bought some dried food. But then I got people saying, no, you need this. You need five pounds of flour, five pounds of beans. You know, do you have a kind of go to starter um, manual that someone like me could use? You know, to so get ready as an urban planner, not I an don't... urban planner, but like a prepper <laughs> in an urban environment. So, you know, I, I've never read a book. (laughs) I don't have a book to, to tell you. No, I don't be quite honest. Actually, as you were saying that, I was like, I, I, can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry, man. So, so Monica, yeah, as you were, as you were saying that, I, you never read a book on prepping. It broke up a little bit there for a second. I'm so sorry, man. I'm trying to find it's okay. You're out. You're out on your land, man. Yeah, it, we're having to balance it. the idea that it's a genuine, authentic prepper on his <laughs> land with uh, some of the connection <laughs> issues. So you're cool. You're good. Yeah, uh, you know, I've I've learned a lot of stuff. I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. Obviously, there's a there's a plethora of them out there. But also things just okay. So it's something um, you know, a book on gardening. You know, a book on how to identify poisonous plants. So I've, I've, I have those, and, I, and I've read them, you know, Field Guide. But as far as a resource, I'm going to say, I think the first thing people need to do is, is, is work on that 72-hour bag. And that's, that's where you have your map and your water, your knife, a little bit of food. And, and you know, if you have a bag, that's, if there's a concept known as the gray man. So if your bag is, like, super tactical. It's got the Molly straps and got an American flag on it. Yeah. You know, uh, people are going to be like, what's, what's in the bag, man? So if you just had like some simple Jan sport that everybody would carry, people wouldn't know. Bag. So yeah. I think just having fun with that first 72 hour bag is probably, you know, it, it's, it's not, I think the thing is just wanting to do it. If you want to do it, you'll, you'll, you'll get into it and, and find the resources. Uh, I want to emphasize that point you just made for a second. I th- you might be standing near something that's given a little bit of, of interference possibly because it's crackling like a, a little bit. Like a shipping but, container? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> but what you said about the bag, I think is a very, very relevant. People get those bags that have the, the skull on them, the Punisher thing on them. You know, they look hardcore and all that does yes. is make you yes. stand out like a sore thumb yes. and make people like Monica and I, if you're ever involved, if you ever happen to be at a, a marathon that happens to get, you know, hit with something, <laughs> but look at you say, look at these guys with these bags that look well, weird no, or look like a certain type of bag. It. Right. The, you guy, said, yeah. the yeah. immoral guy with the gun is just looking for the guy with the backpack. He doesn't have a backpack. Right. All he has right. is a gun. Right. You blend in. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that that's, that would be the, um, 
I'm sure there are great books on it. You know, manifest. I'm thinking about that. There's got to well, be. I like your idea, though. Take a 72 hour bag, whatever you think you need in it. You know, if, if you're just a complete idiot and you, you're just you think a toothbrush and a couple of apples is going to be enough and then go somewhere for 72 hours and see right. what you want. Well, you know, here's an interesting thing. Take a bag of Doritos with you if you like Doritos, because did you have you ever lit a Dorito on fire? Oh, right. no. Whoever whoever has a Dorito at their house, go light it on fire and and watch it burn for 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's scary. Yeah. No, it's a great it is a safe uh, fire place, starter. Do it is a safe place. Wow. Yeah. yeah dude, be, oh, wow. I, yeah. It's Kindle. Yeah. So it's a, it's food and it's and it's great fire starter. I mean, it's excellent Amazing. fire starter. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you could really you could cook something. By laying Doritos, if you did them all at once, they'd burn up a little quicker. But if you just laid them on one at a time, you could actually you could actually maybe boil water with Doritos. Wow. So Doritos as a yeah. fire starter. Yeah. What about cooking? You have you used to have a, some sort of portable kitchen or something, right? I don't know if you still have that. Yeah, I've got a bunch of them, um, all, all different kinds of them. The, the one I've really been excited about is the BioLite camp stove. Um, it's like 120 bucks for the whole system, but that's the one that also charges your devices. And uh, there's a little stove that goes on it. If you're cooking for yourself, if you're cooking for a lot of people, it's, it's probably not going to be up to par. So it depends on, you know, how many people are you cooking for? But, you know, I wouldn't want to be toting around a cast iron, you know, but... Um, <laughs> Right. So there's, there's, there's car camping and then there's regular camping. So if I have my car and I'm leaving somewhere, I, you know, can bring a, a cast iron because um, I could just make a fire and set it right into the fire. You know, and it's, it's going to be fine. So those are excellent for that. Yeah. You know, it's, it, you know, there's a magnifying glass would be a fun way. If you're wanting to be weird with your prepping, you know, practice yeah. starting fires with a magnifying glass. Do you try a lot of fun stuff like that? Oh yeah. 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 Um, you know, if you, if you see, I was showing my wife, we were, we were walking around some state park and there was a, you know, a, a pine tree. And so I was, I was specifically looking for it and you could tell there was a wound and it had, you know, a bunch of pine tar on it. So I, I took that off and it was still sticky and I rubbed, put it around a stick and I said, watch this. And I sparked it in front of my wife and it just completely caught flame and stayed flame. And again, it was that second. It was that second time that she thought I was really smart, and it was awesome. Um, <laughs> the first time was when you proposed. Right, right. Yeah, she's got really bad taste in men. That's always that's her only that's the only thing wrong with her. She's wonderful. <laughs> that's yeah. That's you the know, best thing about her. Karen, well, you know what? She that's, listens to the show sometimes. Monica's wife does. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Hello. So you know that's something you want to think about too. I mean, if you're. Um, not to be high and mighty or whatever, but it's, it's really important to work on your, uh, I, I'm sure a lot of people during COVID have realized that they're, you know, they don't like their spouse and, um, cause they're so, so, you know, that kind of stuff really matters for if you're going to survive or not, because what if you survived with the person that you don't want to, you know, it would, it it might would be, be, very be awful hard to survive with someone you're incompatible with because yes. a lot of important decisions need to be made in short order. And if someone is irrational, you're really not right. going to be able to move fast enough. 
Yeah. Why are you doing it like that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah. Then you got a bigger until you're both like, you know, getting right. fallen into the sinkhole. But, you know, it's it's right. just true. So and you got to you have to think about that stuff. And even just the idea of having backup plans of prepping, if you're going to spend time and effort on that and the person who you're with, who you share resources with and time as a resource, if they don't have those same values, you're really not going to be able to go anywhere. My idea of like, take your 72 hour That's bag correct. and see if it works. Isn't everybody's idea of a, of a three day weekend. For sure. No, I could see, I could see how that could cause, but you know what I'm saying with, with the bag. So you make one for them. So here's the deal. So some, they're not into it. So go ahead and buy them a bag and make one for them and make bold choices for their bag. And when they realize that this is their bag, they'd be like, I wouldn't do it that way. Well, what would you put in your bag? And then you got them. I actually got my kids. I I'm joking, but I'm giving them stuff for it. I'm like, you got to have a tunnel backpack. So when civilization collapses, yes. what do you want? A Chinese English dictionary. And you're going to want, you know, because just as a joke, like we're, we're going to just <laughs> right. pass the baton. So, I mean, it's not racial at all. I'm just saying like you're going to want like the way 100 years ago you would want uh, uh, an English dictionary if you were from any place that didn't speak English. And uh, um, my son just said, oh, this and I got them like a couple of um, natural health books. I'm like this stuff, the stuff that's out of print, you know, and how to get the nutrition that you need. And then my son just got a book called how things work now. So there was the way things work from like when I was a kid and now he has the way things work now. And I had just asked my husband, I was like, I need the last print version of the encyclopedia Britannica. And that's like 30 giant volumes. And I'm like, I don't know if that's going to fit in the airstream, but I have to have it. <laughs> and, uh, and my son was like, no, you don't mom, you just need this. So like, I've already got them thinking about what's in the tunnel backpack, but it's not a 72 hour bag. It's a dystopian sci-fi future future what when when you know do you want a a copy of shakespeare if they, you can only bring one thing is it by the bible or shakespeare like you know that level but it's over my iphone my only one thing on a desert <laughs> island my iPhone. <laughs> iPhone. do you ever read lucifer's hammer no i don't read oh oh you were serious okay great no i'm so, not do read i've never read that book there are some no, people who never read books like they read right. magazines but they will just never read books and i would say it's more people than not nowadays there's actually there's, more to that joke which i would never say on your radio show yeah but, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying i'm trying to make don't say I'm, that i'm, I'm the, trying to make brad laugh <laughs> all right we'll wait like, for it till after okay but sorry there's sorry. a book Lucifer's hammer and it it's like an asteroid it crushes the earth and it like makes the San Joaquin Valley a big sea and all this kind of stuff. And they they're basically circling the drain and the one leader type guy from the hard scrabble like band of survivors says, look, the only thing we need to do is defend the power plant. Like we need to maintain the power plant or we're starting with sticks and stones. And at the time I was like, oh yeah, good thinking. And then I read Ted Kaczynski 
which I don't know if you've well, I don't know if you really don't read or not. But Ted Kaczynski is like, you know, if the you're Unabomber, going, yeah, yeah, if you're going to start yeah. over, he's he his technological slavery is very interesting. And he's like, if you if you're going to start over, don't let them keep any technology at all, because you'll just end up in the beginning again. So I'm a little torn wow. between just defend the power plant and, you know, uh learn how to start a fire without a match. I just don't know. I, I mean, maybe there's a happy medium. I don't know, but I'm not bringing the iPhone into the tunnel. That's <laughs> that show revolution. I don't know. Did you ever see that show revolution, Monica? I know Bob, you were aware of it filmed in Atlanta. A bunch of us auditioned yes, yes. for it a lot. Yeah. It was where an EMP hit and all of the electricity went out and right. people had to adapt without electricity. And it, it, you know, it, broke off into tribes and stuff and people that had weapons and cars would have an advantage. And it, it was, it's interesting to think about those scenarios. And I, I'd asked you about an EMP last night. I was like, yeah. what would you do if an EMP hit? Well, I would, uh, I'd be grateful that I had all my uh, EMP bags <laughs> with all my sensitive electronics put in them. Um, you know, my ham radios and oh, like a Faraday uh, bag. Yeah. Or? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So there's a company and I'm, I'm trying to think of the name something midnight. And I guess they, they advertise as if they sell to government agencies, but you have to be careful because I've bought several of them and they're not cheap. And I, my son and I did experiments with them where we put, we put our phones in there and then yes. call the phones. Yes. And uh, so this one, the one company that really promoted itself as a government uh, supplier, I mean, it passed it's something midnight and I'm so sorry. I can't remember the full name of it, but they've got a whole line of EMP uh, things and to shield your wallet from, you know, people stealing. So I got uh, your some, card. some of that material and I found that if the phone was already ringing and you put it in there, it kept ringing. But if it had not yet, if you hadn't already called it and you put it in there, it could not receive the call. But once it was so I didn't think it worked for the longest time because I was calling right. the phone and putting it in the bag and it was still ringing. I, that's a mystery. I'll have to solve someday. Well, but you know, then later it, I realized I, I think that, you know, who knows? Because I, I don't know. But I think that, you know, if there was really a high altitude EMP, you know, a nuclear blast one, yeah. um, I, I don't know that my bag would actually serve. You know, I don't know that it would. But in there, I have that I have another BioLite generator. I've got an old iPhone. We'll see, I'm, I'm bringing the iPhone with me. And then I've got, like I said, ham radios. And because on that iPhone, I've got lots of books um, stored and lots of information stored on that iPhone. So it's a, you know, it's a right. handy dandy little computer it's that. A, yeah. It's if a you survived it. of information. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a thing called Greg Knots. Greg, G-R-E-G and the Knots. So it's an app that teaches you how to tie every kind of knot that there is. And nice. it goes through, yeah, it, it, you know, it has the hand up there and it's showing you wrap the rope around the hand and then it quickly, you know, so you can back and forward, you can see each step, how the, how the rope is. Uh, so that's an incredible thing to get and just practice with. Yeah. yeah so no, I, I like how not. you use the technology. You use the modern technology. You combine it with nature to use it to your benefit. We talked a little bit about this the other night, and I think a lot of people will kind of separate the technology when it actually can be useful in some ways. And I think this is an illustration of that. For sure. Well, it's, uh, you know, technology, I mean, has destroyed everything that we care about, I think, in a lot of ways. But it's also been mm -hmm. super convenient. 
Yeah. It's like fire, right? You can burn your house down or cook your food. So I think yeah. how you wield it matters. Uh, that's why, you know, eight over eight years ago, I completely, I saw it. I, I heard someone lost their job because of something they had posted. And I was like, that's weird. <laughs> you know, that used to be a weird concept that you would get right. in trouble yeah. for something you posted. And so I, I heard that once. And, um, and I was like, that's okay. Done. The Facebook is the police and I'm out of here. You know, they're like, hey, what'd you yeah. have to eat? Who, who are your friends? You know, where'd you go tonight? What's that write dinner? Down what I eat on a little app. <laughs> like they I, literally know every single yeah, thing okay. I put in my mouth. Yeah. So I asked I, Bob I about Gab last night. He had no idea what Gab was. He's a guy's totally off social media. I think he might be serious about not knowing the about the adrenochrome. Maybe. Who, who me? Yeah. 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 No, oh. I know. I, that's awful. What an awful thing that is the adrenochrome yeah. stuff. You no, I watched yeah. Fear. I watched yeah. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was that. a long time ago. Yeah. Could, was that was Adrenochrome in that? Yeah, just need that a tiny yeah. taste. And he's like, you took too much, man. Too much, too much. Yeah, who was the, the guy? What's the guy's name again? Benicio del Toro. The writer. The Mexican Brad Pitt. Oh, Hunter S. Thompson. Hunter S. Thompson. That's yeah, yeah. where the Adrenochrome connection comes. There was, oh, there I was didn't stories know about that him that potentially was... being were they serious? Linked to all that. Did Hunter I mean, Thompson really do that, you think? What? And it's like comes from actual babies? So as I understand it, that maybe it doesn't have to come from babies. Maybe it comes from people. It's maybe I could be totally butchering this, but I believe that, you know, when you pass, when you pass on that, your brain, your body floods your brain with um, maybe that's something else. Anyway. Yeah. If yeah, they get yeah, you no, all, there is something. Yeah. If they get you all like riled up and scared and, you know, you're all yeah. afraid, then then this, adrenal, you know, and then they cut it out of you. And I guess they chew it on or something like that. That sounds I mean, oh. that's like the worst thing I've ever heard in it's my terrible. life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, all right. I know. What the you're ancient times, though, they did sacrifices like you know, that. And stuff. That and, must and be what like, yeah. cadaver dogs smell. Maybe, maybe, you know, I, there, whatever that drug was, the one that you're supposed that your body releases when you pass, when right. you die. And someone was like telling me, there's like, oh, you got to take this stuff. You'll see God. And I was like, I, I don't want to build up a tolerance to my For, to my death drug. You know, yeah. when it when it comes wow, out, I you'll see to, God. Wow, that's scary. Yeah. They, I wanted to I hit hard. The way they like electrocute cows um, like that comes out like it's not actually good for you to eat a cow. That's wow. been, like fucking scared to death. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I believe that. So there's definitely something to the stuff that comes out. Like even with animals, I think you're not even supposed to eat an animal that just dies. Right. But that would be something no. different. But yeah, no, I didn't you're, understand. You're not. No, if an animal just dies, you probably should not eat it. That's, yes. that's for sure. <laughs> I have to learn how to, we were talking to Adam, the agorist, and he was saying how like he had 10 chickens and he had to kill them all. And he'd never ch killed a chicken before. Aww. And that killing the first one was kind of weird. And killing the last one was disturbingly easy. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, that stuck out to me too. Yeah. So the, so I think like, that's a weird to, way to say fun. <laughs> no. Oh my God. No, I will not put that on. He doesn't look like anything is fun for Adam. Yeah. So I love Adam, but he, I, I think his whole thing is, is um, he's like the ultimate straight man. I have a thing for the straight man. So, but the, I thought overall the people I've talked to 
I need to buy a chicken and a 3D printer. Like those are those are the okay. two extremes of like how how to prepare for this uncertain future. Well, you know, I guess, you know, um, know somebody that you trust that has a chicken and know somebody that has a 3D printer. <laughs> and buy a gun. <laughs> yeah. And then just go take their stuff. Ah, yeah. No, um, so how did you do I, the tree thing? I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I, I've been. How did you get do the start the fire with the tree? You said you went over, you pulled the thing out of the tree. No, and it said the he made a torch carrot. out of the sap. Oh, yeah. OK. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I always wondered yeah, how just, to make a torch. Yeah, just yeah, pine like sap. So, yeah. Yeah. So if you ever see like a pine tree that's been cut down, go look at the stump and there'll be all that syrup looking stuff is dried. So collect okay. that. And, you know, you can also find your. Uh, as the resins come back in, they'll create what's called fatwood. You can buy fatwood at Kroger, I believe, where you'd buy charcoal and stuff. Have some fatwood on hand. And it just burns uh, forever, basically? Yeah. It yeah, well, and it, it, lights, it lights quick and it lights wet and, oh. um, you know, it'll burn, it'll burn hot. So it's got all those, all those pine resins that have absorbed into the wood. Right. And you can find it naturally, um, but you can actually buy a large box of it. I found mine at Kroger and it was incredibly, you know, affordable. And then I've, that's another thing that's in our 72 hour packs. I've got a little bundle of fatwood for everybody in there. Hmm. And, uh, you know, your dryer lint, that's another one. So your dryer lint is an excellent fire starter. Excellent. Holy crap. Have I thrown yeah. away a lot of valuable yeah. dryer yep. lint over the years? Yeah, no, I'm I mean, now. <laughs> I'll tell you, I always knew the lint started fires. So I threw it away immediately. I was hoping yep. you, you're going to start a fire if you don't clean the lint out. But I didn't realize it's because lint was a fire starter. I thought it was yeah, something yep. about the the, uh, you know, just the no ventilation or combustion or whatever. The the dryer. Interesting. Yeah, it'll go up with yeah. just a spark. I mean, you can you can you okay. can. That's that's another one you can do with a magnifying glass. It's borderline eccentric, crazy ant if I start collecting dryer lint. So I'm not <laughs> You're just sure prepping, you know, You're just prepping. Unless I Get have you. a container to live in, I don't think it's going to go over too well. You know, just get you a little Ziploc bag, just a little something, something. Pack a few you, few loads in there from your dryer <laughs> and you have it on hand. I'm telling you, it's coming handy for me actually quite a bit. Okay. Uh, the dryer lint. Yeah. I I like what what I about like what scenarios have you had stuff that you've learned come in hand? I, I know the stuff about starting people's cars with the, the thing you whip it out of your pocket. It fires the battery back up. Are there any other scenarios you can recall where no, just knowing these skills in everyday life has, has helped. Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, I guess I would say that that's, I mean, it helps, it helps all the time. Uh, um, Cause I've, I've worked in to learn all these things. So I, the main thing, so I don't, I'm trying to think of a story, man, that make this interesting. I guess the main thing is feeling like, I can go into, I'm not afraid to go into a situation. I know that there's something in my brain that's going to help me uh, that I've read about or, or, or practiced before. So it's, it's usually been, you know, um, when I've, uh, well, I'll tell you this. So I took my son to show him um, this beautiful spot that I found in the mountains and you shouldn't, we took a rental car there and that's the difference between a rental car and a four wheel drive you know, is that a rental car can go anywhere. And so, <gasps> I, so I, I took him down. We shouldn't have put a car through there, but I got, we got to the top of this mountain and we popped a tire and there was no spare in there. And so, so, but that was it. We had to figure out how to, uh, to find help, how to get our car out. They had this fix a flat stuff, but we 
split the sidewall. So um, there was there was oh, no getting no. out of there. Yeah, there was no spare. I couldn't believe there was no spare in the car. But that was see, crazy. Uh, my father was a real car guy and not only would always check if there was a spare, he'd check the oil like he wouldn't take a car anywhere yeah. without checking the oil first. But nowadays you just get used to everything being all you know, you don't you don't have to think anymore about those things. It's, well, I will I will always check from now on whether yeah. or not there's a spare tire, you know, and I used to tell me my wife and I, we when we started carrying our air pump in the car, we also had rented a vehicle or minivan to take. Um, there's six of us, including my mom. And so when we when we go on trips, uh, we don't want to have to take two cars. So we lost a tire and it ruined part of the trip and we kept skipping jumping trying to find a place to fix it to find a plug and so that was the moment this was years ago i was like i'll never this will never happen to me again and then i just went off into the <laughs> woods with my son yeah and um but you know what was fine about it is that he was he knew that we were going to be taken care of there was no doubt we were literally in the middle of the forest there was no one nearby and um but uh <clears throat> i had all my i had all my stuff with me and uh, so we stopped and drank some water and had some snacks and just relaxed for a minute. And I said, Hey, you know what? We're up here. Let's take a look at the mountains. And so we enjoyed that for a minute. And, uh, and then finally, you know, we walked until we got a signal and, uh, found someone who would come and it's crazy. Anyway, having the food and water there and, and obviously my iPhone was excellent. Takes the panic out of it. Yeah. How long right. did you have to walk right. to find somebody? Yeah, it was, it was probably like a mile. Okay. But we, but, so, but yeah, yeah. It wasn't, wasn't so bad. Yeah. Well, yes, I, 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 so, okay. So I haven't been in a, the only, the only big, you know, survival scenario I would say would be this, this COVID thing is that, you know, when everything was, they, they were saying you couldn't go anywhere. The, it was the peace of mind. It was knowing that, that we had somewhere to go. We had everything that we needed. We weren't the people scrambling for toilet paper. I actually have dried toilet paper and little bitty compact pellets. I've got a giant box of them and you just add a little bit of water and it becomes a wet wipe. I've got a bunch of those, but also plenty of toilet paper. And so, and we're not rich. Don't get me wrong. We're not, we're not made of money or anything like that, but we've, we've decided to put our money into those things that give us peace of mind. When it happened, we, that's what I was saying. My wife literally was like, I finally get it. You know, you're, you're, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah. I finally get it. And you had all the, yeah. I had everything we needed. There was nothing to worry about. She was, I looked cool. I finally looked yeah, cool yeah. to her. Yeah. That's right. What about wildlife on that land? Is there any, I don't know, bears? What do you see? What do you come across? So, so there was a bear. It was definitely a bear. My wife had an encounter with a bear before. Uh, it roared at us. Um, and uh, so it, <laughs> and I found some paw prints. It looked like a some giant cat. And there's definitely... The thing, the only animals that would really scare me out here, though, would be somebody's yard dog, because if they were raised wrong, they could be really mean. You know, wild yeah. animals generally going to leave you alone, but lots of snakes. So there's copperhead, there's eastern diamondback, there's water moccasin, and they all they all live in this area. And I've seen some big uh, uh, rattlesnakes. The rattlesnakes are fine Can't because they let. You, well, I've I have never eaten a snake. No, uh, you could. But it rattles, it's, it, it, it shakes its rattle. A rattlesnake will let you know that it's there and will try to leave like the water moccasins they're honoring. And so they'll actually stand their ground. They'll, they'll come towards you. Yeah. So th those and the copperheads, they, they'll both, you can run a copperhead over with your lawnmower because it won't move, you know? It'll, it'll, Does that it'll, kill it? 
I hope, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, some of them you have to like cut their head off to kill it. I well, I, mean, I, I, yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that kills everything. Yeah, cutting the um, head off, you don't grow, yeah. grow another body out from underneath that. Uh, what was that? I, so my friend got. Joe, my friend Joe Gawa tells his joke. He's like, he goes, you know, you can kill a vampire by putting a stake through his heart. He's like, pretty sure that's how you kill like everything. <laughs> <laughs> Love that joke. Love that joke. But no, but ahead. I have. And, you know, I, I, um, I do, I have my firearms or whatever and they're, they're, I've got a, I've got a powerful flashlight attached to it. So when that bear thing happened, I, I, I scanned and I looked like I saw a mom and a couple of her cubs and, you know, obviously would, you know, left, left them alone. They left us alone. So did the bear have a firearm? <laughs> you know, you can never be, you can never be too safe. You know, you always have to assume that they do. Maybe there's a <laughs> tribe of furries living nearby. That's there yeah, might that's be. Very possible I mean, well. Well, that's Atlanta. <laughs> that's a combination it's, uh, of interest. A furry, they do furry con in Atlanta. Uh, is there is there one going on right now? Not right now. Yeah. But oh yeah, not right um, now. Yeah. Here they're little masks, you know. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So no, now, I was followed by a bear once in the in the mountains of Colorado, but. I didn't, I was on, my cousin just put me on his shoulders. I was little. And when we got back to the house, he was like, there was a bear behind us. And good thing he wow. didn't say, because I would have freaked out, but I guess it yeah. kept its distance. So that would have been, was that a grizzly? Would that have been a grizzly up there? It would have been. Yeah, it was big. Wow. Yes. And then one time I ran into a TV show that was like, I survived a bear attack and they all, it was polar bears, I guess, like polar bears. Whoa. And crazy mean. So it was all yeah. Canadians getting attacked by polar bears. I thought they were so, dead from climate change, the polar bears. Yeah, there's like more than there have ever been before. Because <laughs> frankly, yeah. nobody really likes the cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just had to go up there because there was no place else to go. But I think they all like to have a little fresh fish. I always wondered about the people that settled in those super cold areas. I mean, like, I'm wondering that they showed up in the spring or something. And, uh, because why would you or they were just you, so marginalized? That's what I always wondered. Like why I actually think that all those like super, super pale people who probably because of the vitamin D or whatever, or maybe Neanderthals. Is that like a crazy thing to think that like, blondes and Neanderthals all came from the same place? Like if you look at a map like, uh, of, like, where Neanderthals lived. It's now, blonde. so what what if, so what I if think Neander they just were different? What if Neanderthals were just regular people? I think they were because we all have Neanderthal genes. I have yeah, Neanderthal yeah. genes, so I don't even think they were different species. I have a little uh, maybe I don't know what your views on evolution are, but like I, 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 I these stories catch my eye where they say, oh, we thought this was a different species, but it was and it was just a like a short person. Right. I think and evolution is garbage. It, I, <laughs> I believe that the theory of evolution should have been proven by now. For sure. It's true. Well, you know, the idea of biogenesis, you know, that's where it really gets me. Like, so science is about observing things and we've never yeah. observed uh, life come from something ever. Yeah, life. Like no one's ever non-life. Yeah, it's ne we've never observed it. No one's it's ever observed it. It's a scientific principle that life cannot come from non-life. I learned it in fifth grade. Right. And science is about observation and be able to re yeah. recreate. So it's yeah. based science on that. About following. It's about following the science is, is what it's about. <laughs> right. Well, well, then and then entropy, you know, where does where does the law of entropy? Totally. Be, Order yeah. cannot come out of chaos. Right. It's garbage. It's all garbage. Yes. So you I do think God, family, 
you know, kind I was of kind of kidding <laughs> about the Neanderthal thing, but you got my drift. Uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Let me ask you this, Bob. I think a lot of people would be interested in this. We've had so we had a Zoom call where we talked about homeschooling. A lot of people are interested. There's a, definitely an increased interest in homeschooling because of what has happened during the pandemic. And the public education system has just gotten worse and worse. You homeschooled for a little while, right? Yes. And you had some good yes. advice. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so actually, all four of my children uh, have been homeschooled. And yeah, so the, the advice that I got, you know, my, my brother, uh, his wife, you know, she's a surgeon. He's an architect. Very proud of them. They're great people. They're a little, they're a little bit, a little bit left of left. Uh, but, <laughs> but I love him. He's my brother. You know, he's great. And um, we get along swimmingly. And um, so when I was telling him, I was thinking about taking my kids out, you know, he was like, they're going to become feral and no one's, you know, they're going to be stupid. You're going to have stupid kids. And, and I, you know, and I, and I, so I was like, maybe he's right. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want my kids to be, I don't, I don't know a lot of these things I want them to learn. And so that I met a couple though, I was, I explained to them that same thought. And they were like, that's, that's, that is stupid. They were like, you should just go pull your kid out. Why are you giving your children away to the government? Why did you have children? And, you know, my children weren't on accident. You know what I'm saying? I'm meant to have learning. What were they learning there that you need them to learn that they couldn't learn? They, what they really need to do is follow you around. The book stuff is secondary. Right. Right. And so, you know, and and at that time, you know, my, my oldest son was 19 now. I mean, he was president's list, you know, great attendance, just a, just a sweet, nice guy. And he always excelled. And, um, so respectful. He's a respectful young man. Just love him to death. And uh, I started thinking about it. I was like, yeah, man, why am I subjecting you to all this garbage homework and all this garbage busy work? It's not, I was like, you, you gotta, uh, so I pulled him out the next day. I did. I did a, it's, you have to do the intent to homeschool. And the advice that I got was you don't have to figure it out. Go ahead and take your kid out of school and then figure it out. You know, you, you will figure it out if you, if you, you know, obviously some people probably don't pull them out and, and don't educate them, which is awful. You should educate your children, but uh, they're going to pick up stuff. By the time they're six, they pretty much know how to live they anyway. Need to know how to read and do like the say my mother. I said, I was trying to like, I figured it out. I was like, they just need to read, write and do math. And my mom was like the three Oz. Everybody knows that it's the three Oz. I'm like, all right, well, so you have to reinvent the wheel all the time, but it's true. And then they can learn everything on their own. And I mean, if you had to, you don't want them glued to the screen just to play Halo all the time, but they can learn everything from between Khan Academy, which God help us, Bill Gates bought um, or the Ron Paul yes. revolution. If you wanted formal learning, but honestly, yeah. I was top of my class, too, and I was my father actually encouraged me to drop out of high school, which worked out for me. But I you know, it was kind of like a an un, unusual choice, like in the middle. I've made it all the way through high school almost. But uh, but to be honest, I learned much, much more once I didn't have to waste all my time in school. Like I could I had some yeah. time to read books. And like when I used to be a yeah. banker, I would come home at night and there was I was watching Law and Order and drinking scotch. I was not picking up, <laughs> you know, whatever the uh but I just read the contagion myth. I wasn't picking up any kind of nonfiction stuff. But then when I had the time and the intellectual capacity, 
then, and I'm sure this is intentional, the scales fell from my eyes and I was like, oh, there is absolutely no way what they are teaching us like yeah. even just about history is true. There's no way like people aren't like this. This didn't really happen. Those guys have. No yeah, idea. the Constitution was a coup like over the Articles of Confederation. Like you're just reading stuff and it's irrefutable, like stuff that's totally well documented. But you have to have the time and you are actually guided away from that stuff in For school. Sure. I'm, I'm not saying school is a total waste of time. I think there's value in it. And I'm, I mean, I'm not even saying it has any educational value at all, but I'm saying there are benefits to it depending on how you want to live in this yeah. world as it is. But but yeah, I think if they just know how to read and write, the problem is that the video games have that dopamine thing. Otherwise, yeah. that's yep. the only thing. Otherwise, they'd be driven from sheer boredom to figure out, to just go out in yeah. the yard and yeah. pull something up like, can I eat this, Ma? Well, <laughs> you would, that, that's an education right there. Yeah, right. You can yeah. throw up. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll know? see. That's education. <laughs> you used Plato, to build a lot Plato of the sets. sets. That makes me think of building yeah. sets um, at Relapse. You used to build a lot of that stuff. You have kind of a just dive in and do it attitude and, and figure, figure it out. And um I think that's important. The, like, so you you were developing yes. those skills through the theater, and you have to be able to kind of take risk when you're out in the well, woods. Not, also, the, the, so the answer to most things is try, right? Obviously, right. and then um, if you're not afraid to destroy everything, you can yes, you can figure out a lot of stuff. Yeah, but you, you know the, the thing. Think about this though, Monica. What I thought was interesting. I, I asked my son, like, what is something that you're interested in? And he said, knives. Right. He liked the idea of swords and knives. And it, so let's let's take a look at knives. There's you can teach history. You know, there's history and and how they've there, there's uh, chemistry. Uh, you know, there's all the stuff. You know, all the different metals and and um, so there's like when you just thinking about a knife, there's every subject. There's math. There's science. There's history. Um, it's got its own lexicon, you know, so you can learn different words. So just by finding something that he's interested in, and human we can nature. now. Yeah. And so let's say, hey, let's delve into knives. Let's find out everything we can about knives. Yeah. Why um, do they exist? What are the uses? I mean, just think about the psychological elements of that or civilizational, like what it'll yeah. teach you about taxation and domination and sovereignty and self-defense just a, a lot of fundamental For sure. things that you're not going to learn in a world that wants to you know denature you from self defense right well you know they I, they want workers right they want good workers and um no but so when, where he would get up in the morning to catch the bus and then he would come home and he had so much homework i think i figured it out that really about 14 hours of the day was dedicated to this concept and i literally i was like you know we're we only get one shot at this life thing and i think i can do better but I just can't send you over to these, uh, just, just this soulless place, man. I can't, I can't, I didn't have you to turn you over to these other people. Um, stay at home with me and we will go do fun stuff and we'll learn. And like I said, he's, he's 19 years old now. And I've never, um, maybe twice in his life I've ever had an issue with him. He's just such a good guy. Um, well, if you model is, yeah. the behavior, I think you get what you want. Yeah, right, yeah. right. You know, but so hard. Yeah. you know, I have I have some family that yell at their kids, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. When they're yelling, I'm like, yeah, yeah. That'll teach them, you know, <laughs> right. to yell. You're gonna. Teach I was like, right. hitting. I was like, I don't. Yep. It's not that I don't believe in corporal punishment. I'm like, what are you telling this kid that that's your that's your argument? 
Right. That's where your authority comes from. That's how you solve problems. It just I mean, I'm not begrudging people who get value out of it. I haven't really uh, addressed whether it's right or wrong, but I just never thought it made sense. To, to hit your kids? Yeah, I just never really it didn't make sense for me. I'm not saying you can't tan a side if he does something absolutely crazy. I don't think you can't. I just never, yeah. ever found myself where that was going to be the most effective right. uh, argument. No, know? for sure. You know, I, I have this. I do have this thought with it. You know, I OK, so I think the only times you should spank your children is if you can't communicate with them. So you you you. You don't want your children to really remember being spanked, you know, but let's say like this, this, uh, this girl, they say you got to hit them hard enough to knock them unconscious. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You know, um, Oh my gosh. No, that's awful. Listen, I'm just jokes, but, but, but the truth, but the truth of it is, you know, I mean, there is, I mean, if you don't discipline your kid, you you got it. I think you have to discipline your kid, but let's say your kid's writing on the wall and you don't want them to do that. And they're little, they don't understand. And people are like, well, let them be artsy. It's like, you know, they could be artsy on paper. I'm not saying they can't be artsy. I'm saying they can't write on the wall. (laughs) They're like, well, and then this person that, 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 uh, that Brad knows was like, well, you know, if your kids touch fire, they're going to get burned. They're going to learn. And I was like, exactly. I was like, but you're the fire for your children. You know, you are that flame. They drew on the walls. You don't don't hit your kids if they draw on the wall. That's an example, you know. Yeah, no, if, I'm not even I'm not even arguing that it doesn't. If your children lie to you, spank them. But you I know, don't that's, even that's like whack my dogs with a newspaper. I just don't. I mean, I just it's just not. They don't thing, know why but, they're being punished. It's usually like it, it's right. counterproductive. I dogs do anyway. yell at them though if they get in the garbage or something. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So so you know I I don't I that's been I've been really grateful so I. There's no, there's no yelling at my house. You know, I don't yell at my kids. Um, you know, I will spank them if they lie to me. That's the thing in my that's house. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good that's, one. You know, it's the basis of every relationship is trust. Yeah. And, uh, and so I just, I will not raise, I'm not going to do it. Like my kids are going to have a great life. I don't hope that they will. <laughs> I feel I'm, the same I, way. Like I'm going to make you mentally healthy. Yeah. It's the last yeah, thing yeah. I do. You for know? sure. For sure. Well, think about this. Think about yeah. if you take your child somewhere. And, you know, and it's because of a behavior issue, you know, that that could have been prevented. You take your kids somewhere and they're just they're jerks. And then all those people don't like your kids. Right. So raising your children to where people won't like them. I mean, that is child abuse. That's actually it'll be probably a good place to um, go back to as um, you had said earlier or I wrote down, uh, you can't, I wrote this down in response to something you're saying, can't expect kids to behave well under pressure if they don't behave well under normal circumstances. So I think you were saying like, get them used to something. And I just, I had had this experience with my kids going to target, like little kids, three years old, maybe they shouldn't be in target, but throwing a temper tantrum on the ground. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, I let her get away with this at home. And there's absolutely no chance I'm going to be able to control her here. Like, I I don't, this is stressful for her. It's stressful for me. Obviously, I have no control whatsoever. And I thought, crap, I better pull it together at home because if she can't deal with any kind of other circumstances, you know, if she can't deal with home, she's not gonna be able to deal with anything else. And that's why I think you were saying like you, you, your son, oh, it's when your son was going to run into the street. Right. And he was used to obeying you. So yes. you stopped him. You know, you reached out 
through the ether and grabbed him back just from the power of your experience with him in the past. And that I think for is sure very important. You have to have them ready. If you're going to prep for your life, they need yeah. to be prepped for eventualities also. And that relationship has to be prepped. And then they will, I think that they will have greater depths for whatever unknown thing you can't really prep for. A character for itself sure. is the prep. Well, the, you know, that's the, uh, with my, with my nine-year-old, I love it. He's a really funny guy too, but I mean, I could just walk by him if I'm going to play a joke or something in the house or whatever. I could just walk by and slightly whisper. I would just say, go along with this. Just like that. Just go along nice. with this where no one hears it. And he doesn't, there's no big shock face. Right. He, he hears it and he's like, um, yeah, all right, let's do it. Whatever it yeah. is, that'll, that'll do it. And so, um, that's but that's, it is, it is. And so, you know, be trustworthy, I guess would be the thing yeah. to, to make your kids trust you. And, um, yeah. So so, so, I mean, I think you, you hit it right from the beginning in that the prepping isn't in the prepping it's in the thinking about prepping. It's about thinking about possibilities. And I think, and also like your hierarchy start with God. I think that the, you know, human beings are more than just animals and, and, and this cookie cutter world that they're trying to make totally regulated is a cage. It's a pen, it's a zoo, it's a prison, however you want to think about it. It, it is teaching us how not to plumb those depths of our character, not to feel empowered to deal with unexpected events or danger or risk or personal safety, personal health. They're teaching us how not to live as full human beings and just recognizing that would be the first step. And then you can think about what do I need in my bag? And of toilet paper is not going to be enough, buddy. No, no. When you pack my bag, I need plenty toilet paper <laughs> i need an eye mask for sleeping i need you know my bag i'm gonna need a couple of Noise guys machine. to carry my backpacks <laughs> that's awesome hey you know what maybe that is your bag and that's the thing you know maybe maybe that is your bag because here's one thing what do you what are you prepping for like that's why i said in the beginning i want to i want to prep for joy i want to prep to be happy no matter the situation like because like i said doomsday is sometimes just tuesday and so um, these small little things to make sure that, okay, um, my legs get blown off. I, I, I hope that I'm already mentally prepared to say, you know, what, I've, I've had a great life. I'm joyful. I give thanks in all things. Um, you know, I don't, I want to behave happy as best that I can. And, um, and so that I have found over the years has been the thing that's allowed me to, to have influence and to, um, to get things to sort of go my way when I've needed them to is that, you know, that, that attitude, that positive mental attitude is so critical. I didn't have it yeah. as a young man. You know, it's all, it's all, that's why I'm able to teach it because it's not, you know, like if someone sings really well, they teach you, they're like, well, just, you just, you just do it. You just, <laughs> you open your mouth and you make a beautiful sound. And then someone who learned how to sing um, might be a better teacher and, and um, because they've gone through the process. So all these things that I've learned about the, the positive mental health, it's definitely learned behavior it didn't come naturally to me and i'm grateful for it i'm grateful to kind of understand it but i I would never it's so much better this way and so every day that's that's the thought you know um when i wake up i have a bible app and i look at the a verse a day right there 
And I just, that's been my thing. It's like, I just want to put the word of God in. As soon as I wake up for me, that's important to me. The first thing. And then um, when I see my kids, like I said, when I see my kids, I smile. So I'm going to drop whatever I'm doing. I'm going to get, make them give me a hug. Or if they're coming to give me a hug, give them a hug because that's, that's, that's the universe. That's everything working. And so I hope that in a, in a, you know, SHTF um, that I would still, that those aren't things that I would lose. And that, that would be that consistency. So I'm prepping to have a great, uh, life. Like there might come a situation where, you know, there's apocalyptic and, you know, maybe you don't want to survive all that maybe, you know? Yeah. And so, right. And so I, I, I want to, I, I, my prepping is like, no matter what happens that I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be kind and, um, and, and freaking strapped, you know, in case you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. But, kind you know and would would never ever want you to, to make me do something like that and uh, would do everything to to leave that situation rather than uh, you know get into it so i think yeah yeah that's, that's, i uh, guess that's the um that's the takeaway I, bro that's a great place right, to, to, i think to wrap it up there right. think, is there anything that right. that's awesome is there anything that you want to say bob for everybody listening watching bob is not here to promote anything at all he, he's he's just here to talk so, but, uh, so out of the, out of the goodness of his heart, he enjoys this stuff. So he's not here to promote, but is there anything that you would like to tell people about? I don't know um, if there is. No, no. You said, man, you, had, you, said you had a juice you know? plus company. I, I know you do stuff like oh, that. So no, 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 no. Here's what I want everybody to do. This is this, there is this guy, his name is Chuck Missler, M-I-S-S-L-E-R. Okay. And if you get a chance, go find him on YouTube and watch every video he has. And, uh, just do that and the world will be a better place in my opinion. So that's all. I'm going to go that's do that fantastic. right now. Yeah. No, not everyone, but I'll watch one. <laughs> Look, you'll listen, Monica, you'll, if you'll, if you'll dig in there, you'll love it. You will. I really? promise you. All right. Yeah. Guy, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Love I've watched some of them. He's, he's interesting. He's a interesting. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Bob. Thank you for spending some time with us. And it's, and I got to tell you, as it got dark out there, you're you're framing your it looks yeah, beautiful super cool yeah it looks all right great. sweet man sweet not yeah. all this shaking around and stuff cool <laughs> yeah well it's all right it looks good though it's cool that's a real prepper feel it makes me want to be out there out there in nature hanging out well i think it's so shaky because i'm, I'm this is the longest i've gone without smoking a cigarette and, uh, well, this is this is an intervention, cigarette? Bob. This is what this is what we're right to keep you on until you're broken from the habit. <laughs> no, have a cigarette. Why be grudge? What? Have you what? smoke? Uh, maybe I'll do it like this. All right, no, no. Hey guys. let's do it. <laughs> Cut it off so he can nah. smoke freely. Basically. Yeah, we're, we'll get out of here so we'll you can smoke your cigarette. Thank you, Monica, for your time. Thank you again, Bob. We appreciate it. Great stuff. And thank you, everybody who watched and listened. We will talk to you all next time. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Are you enjoying this special episode of the Propaganda Report? If you are, you might enjoy our weekday show, The Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. We listen to the news and peel away the propaganda so you don't have to. It's free in the Propaganda Report feed on your favorite podcasting platform. 
And if that's not enough for you, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash propaganda report. There you can get a full 45 minutes of daily news from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. Or choose higher tiers that give you all of that, plus access to our very special disappearing patron parties. Live-streamed cocktail parties with us and like-minded patrons two Fridays every month that are always a blast. Hope you are enjoying this special episode of The Propaganda Report and hope to catch you at a patron party soon.